it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you needed any more evidence that SmackDown is the A show in this company, look no further than Monday Night Ambient here tonight. These were three of the most boring hours of television that I have seen all year so far. They told us tonight that Roman Reigns is back on SmackDown this Friday. Cody Rhodes said that he will be on SmackDown this Friday. Basically, if you want to see the good stuff, you got to tune into SmackDown this Friday. That was the message that I got out of this show tonight. We get John Cena back on Raw, but that's not until next week. Logan Paul's going to be here next week. He's going to confront Seth Rollins, so that'll also take place uh, in seven nights. As for tonight, this show was a bore. This show was an absolute bore. This show was a, as somebody in the chat said, this show was a sleeping pill tonight. It did not feel as if there are four weeks left until the biggest show of the year. We're about four weeks away now, a little over four weeks from WrestleMania. It didn't feel that way. Felt like maybe we were four weeks away from Backlash, uh, but not four weeks away from WrestleMania. This tonight was basically the filler episode before we get to Boston next Monday because it's all about John Cena making his big comeback next week. And so tonight was just sort of the appetizer to the main course next Monday, and it felt like it. And it's nights like this when they have three hours to fill where it is painful to watch the show. This show would be better in a two-hour format. We know there's nothing that can be done about that. But it has to be said that you have certain weeks of Raw where the show, you know, if it was two hours, it really wouldn't be that bad. If it wrapped up at 10 o'clock, this would be a good show. Tonight was not one of those nights. Tonight was just a bad, boring show. And they did try to move stories along heading into WrestleMania. They did feature some new faces on the brand. Uh, Not all of those new faces are over. It didn't sound like there were very many people in this building tonight. They were in Grand Rapids. Didn't sound very, uh, didn't sound like a lot of people are over at all tonight. Lita was over. They like seeing Lita. So that's good. They like seeing Lita. They like seeing Brock. Uh, they did save one big thing, though, for the end of the show, which was Becky Lynch and Lita are the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. They defeated. Damage control, and not only did they beat damage control, but they had a little bit of assistance. They had a little bit of help in doing so because we have the return of WWE Hall of Famer, former six-time women's champion Trish Stratus, who had a backstage meeting with Triple H at Raw last week and left early, and there was some speculation as to why that was. And I talked on the podcast yesterday, episode 797, I was talking about these women in this very situation. Trying to figure out, what is this leading to? Where is this going? You know, because for for weeks, I thought we were going to have a six-person tag team match at WrestleMania. It was going to be Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus against all three members of Damage Control. 
But the women's tag team titles complicate that because you got to expect the women's tag team titles are going to be defended at WrestleMania. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are now a tag team. Most likely, they're going to be challenging for the tag team titles at WrestleMania. Well, now they put the belts on Becky and Alita, and so what I figured, and now I, I feel even more so this way, now that Becky and Alita have won the women's tag team titles, I think that we are going to get a triple threat match at WrestleMania for the women's belts. And I believe it's going to be Becky Lynch and Lita defending against damage control because Dakota and Io will get their rematch and Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. That is sort of like WWE's backdoor way of giving us Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. We'll probably get them in the ring together. It just won't be in a singles match. But there'll be a title on the line. And then you could do Trish Stratus one-on-one with Bailey. Because Trish Stratus is the one who came out tonight and stopped Bailey from interfering in the match. She went after Bailey. And so if you're wondering, well, what do you do with Bailey if Dakota and Io are accounted for? Well, there you go. Trish one on one with Bailey. And then you have the women's tag belts on the line in a uh, triple threat match at WrestleMania. So that's where I think that's going. We'll see as it plays out in the weeks ahead. Uh, one of the few things on this show tonight that the crowd actually responded to and the crowd actually seemed happy about was seeing a big title change at the end of the show. They were happy to see Becky, and they were happy to see Alita, and they were happy to see Trish. I'm always happy to see Trish. Trish is great. I'll tell you what's not great. They're doing it. They're actually going through with it. Tonight, I wasn't sure. I was hoping the trap would be set. I was hoping the net would fall on top of Brock Lesnar when he showed up tonight, and we'd get ourselves a little Hurt Business reunion. It didn't happen. Not only did it not happen, And does it look like it's not happening? We are getting Brock Lesnar one-on-one at WrestleMania 39 against Omos. You know what I heard in my brain when I heard the announcement making it official? I heard, oh no. That's what I heard. Brock Lesnar and Ono at WrestleMania one-on-one. It is official. They are going through with it, which also means, by the way, that we're getting Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley one-on-one. So basically what they have done here, out of all the potential combinations that Triple H could have gone with, or whoever is running the show, they have given us the worst of all of the options. The best option would have been to simply take all three men, put them in a triple threat match. I'm not even sure how great that would have been. All the matches that Brock and Bobby have had, as much as I was looking forward to that, have been a disappointment. So I'm sure match number four probably wouldn't have been much better. But at least the three-way match makes things a little more interesting. Instead, they're giving us two individual matches that are weaker instead of just taking all three men and putting them together in the same match and keeping Omos the fuck out of the ring at WrestleMania. They have actually gone with the worst possible option for all involved heading into WrestleMania. Good job. This is your Monday Night Raw, your mundane Night Raw review here for Monday, February 27, 2023. I am the Solomon Monster. This is the final Raw review for the month of February. I want to go out strong. I want to go out on a high note. I'm certainly not going out on a high note with this show that I watched tonight. So uh, as we try to do every single week, let's make the stream better than the actual television show. Raw opened with a recap of the A-Show. From Friday, the bloodline angle that took place at the end of SmackDown with Sami Zayn, Jimmy Uso, Jey Uso. 
Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa were out to open the show. No Paul Heyman, no Roman Reigns, no Sami Zayn coming out tonight to interfere or anything like that. It was simply, and no Jey Uso either. It was just Jimmy and Solo. Jimmy said that it may look like there are problems in the bloodline, but families fight all the time. He says Kevin Owens came for the bloodline of the Royal Rumble and he fell. Sami Zayn came for the bloodline at Elimination Chamber in Montreal and he fell. Isn't that Darby Allen's theme song, I Fell? He said, and then there's Cody Rhodes. He said, at WrestleMania, do you think that he'll get one on Roman Reigns? And the fans cheered. So Jimmy said, hell no. Cody Rhodes has no chance against Roman Reigns or WrestleMania. He said, Roman Reigns will be back on SmackDown this Friday to remind everybody who runs Friday nights. But tonight, he and Solo are here to remind everybody who runs Raw. So I guess we can blame them for this show tonight. Since they run the show, we can blame Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa for what we got tonight here on television. Yeah, you know, ultimately, I I don't know, man. I mean, again, Twitter told me the same thing. Twitter told me that Cody Rhodes was going to get booed after Sami Zayn lost in Montreal, that the fans were going to reject Cody Rhodes and they were going to hijack the show. I'm still waiting. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm still waiting. I think we'll still be waiting after WrestleMania is over. So they were interrupted by the Street Profits, and they mocked the fact that Jay Uso was not there tonight and that they can't even run their own family, let alone run Monday Night Raw. Jimmy told them to keep Roman's name out of their mouths. Montez said that they are in Grand Rapids tonight. They want the smoke. They attacked, knocked Jimmy and Solo out of the ring, which took us into the first commercial break of the night before the big match, which was... One guess, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa against the Street Profits. I know, what a shock. So that was our opening match here. A very forgettable opening segment with these four. Uh, I mean, there's really, I mean, it was just a very basic, dull intro to set up the opening match. Ford did mention in the segment, though, that Jay Uso got a 90 rating. In WWE 2K23, which is out in a few weeks, uh, Jimmy got an 89 in the game. So I guess that means they can't be brothers anymore. Solo took control of the match, and uh, he was still in control when they came back from the commercial break uh, that they took during the match. This was another break. Montez got the hot tag, got the crowd into it. They had been pretty quiet up to this point. This would be a theme throughout the night. He hit a standing moonsault for a near fall, and then a crossbody off the top that got a ton of height. Got another near fall out of that. Solo Sokoa made a blind tag while Ford gave Jimmy a spine buster. <laughs> Dawkins, uh, Angelo Dawkins tagged in. Sokoa, though, shoved Ford off the top rope, and Montez took a hell of a bump, like a cannonball bump, onto the floor. Solo dropped Dawkins with the Samoan spike. And he got the pin. After the match, the bloodline attacked Montez and Angelo. Got Ford down in the corner. Solo Sokoa went out to the floor, brought a chair into the ring, wrapped it around Montez Ford's head. And he was setting up for the corner splash. He got cut off, though, as he was coming in with a super kick by a hooded figure. It was not Sami Zayn. He's been doing that the last few weeks. He's been wearing the black hoodie and running out through the crowd. It was Kevin Owens. He pulled a Sami Zayn. 
So he cut, cut him off with a super kick. He gave Jimmy a stunner. And he bailed when Solo came back at him with a chair. Owens was screaming as he went back up the ramp. I won't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop until you guys fall. So this is a good match. Uh, Not to take anything away from Angelo Dawkins. who looked good in the match. But this was clearly designed uh, to give Montez Ford the shine with the hot tag, right? He got the crowd up, too. It was which was not an easy thing to do on the show tonight because it was a very boring show. And this is a very quiet crowd. That's how it came across on television except for a few moments. So he was one of the few moments on the show where he was able to get the crowd up. Uh, crowd was into Montez Ford. And on top of that, then it was Angelo Dawkins who took the losing fall. And this has been something I've been noticing in a lot of their recent tag team matches. Uh, it seems to be Dawkins taking the losing fall. It was Dawkins who lost in his Elimination Chamber qualifier. Montez Ford won his. He was the one who went on to the Chamber match for the U.S. title, not Angelo Dawkins. And then, of course, here tonight, he he loses again. So if they're doing some sort of slow burn to a Street Profits uh, split, that would explain why he's been taking most, if not all, of the losses uh, in these matches. I, I can't imagine that that's you know, being done without there being some regard given to some sort of storyline development here. Why is it that Angelo Dawkins is the one who keeps losing? Is he, in fact, the weak link of this team? I I would have to think that that's going somewhere. But Montez Ford had a great night at Elimination Chamber, right? He showed up and he showed out at that pay-per-view, even though he didn't win. He had a great night at Elimination Chamber. He and Bianca Belair have a reality series coming out soon on Hulu. I don't know when, but it's coming out on Hulu. And uh, based on based on the past, just ask Hulk Hogan, sometimes the uh, reality TV treatment does not always bode well. So you have to be careful there when uh, you have an entire reality series dedicated to you. I'm sure they're all very excited about that. That may not end up being a good thing, but uh, the point is they're clearly trying to level this guy up. Right, They're putting more and more of the focus on Montez Ford, and there's a reason for that. So we were supposed to get a VIP lounge segment on this show with MVP, inviting Brock Lesnar to come to Raw this week to accept the challenge of Omos. Oh no, I should say. To imagine WrestleMania. They had black... uh, Couches and the black carpet laid out in the ring already for the whole, you know, VIP lounge. And then we heard Brock Lesnar's music. And out came Cowboy Brock. And it's not very often that we have the guest coming out before the host. But that's what happened tonight. And Brock was all smiles. We got big babyface Brock here. Big babyface energy from Brock. He's going around the ring, doing the lap. He's high-fiving and slapping hands with the fans and the kids. Right? Wholesome Brock Lesnar. So Cowboy Brock said, look, I got no beef with MVP. Says, I'm all about business, because now MVP has come out. MVP's not getting in the ring. He's in the aisle. He's got his own mic. He's keeping his distance. Brock says, look, I'm all about business. I'm here to listen to you here in your beautiful VIP lounge that you've got set up. I'm here to listen to you sell the people in the crowd, sell the people at home, and most of all, sell me on this big pitch that you have for a match for me at WrestleMania. Sell me. Go ahead. And 
Brock promised him no suplexes tonight. So MVP, because he was hesitant to get in the ring when he heard no suplexes, he said, well, I can trust you. You look like a trustworthy guy. So MVP got in the ring. And Brock sat down on the couch. He told MVP you could take a seat on the other couch. He told him again, sell me and the people on this fight. I came here tonight to possibly do some business with you. So hype the fight. And MVP said Brock Lesnar is the beast incarnate. Says if Brock Lesnar takes somebody to Suplex City, they're in a world of hurt. And when I heard that, I said, oh, he said hurt. Maybe it is a trap, right? I was still holding out hope. I was still holding out hope that it was a trap. As soon as he said hurt, I said, oh, okay, maybe there's a reason for that. Boy, was I wrong. Said when uh, Brock takes you to Suplex City, you're in a world of hurt. And if he hits a man with an F5, he says that man is done for. But he had his hands full with the almighty Bobby Lashley. And yet, for some reason, Brock thinks he could have his way with Omos. You put your hands on a man, you can do whatever you want with that man. Well, with uh, with his consent, of course. But if you put your hands on a giant, and that giant puts his hands on you, well, you're pretty much done for. Because you can F5 any uh, man that you want to, but you cannot do that to Omos. And so Brock Lesnar began laughing. And he got up off the couch, and he was all excited. Good sell job. He was really excited. He even gave MVP a high five. He said, that was damn good. And then Brock Lesnar turned on me, and he turned on all of, he turned on all of us. And he accepted the challenge for a match with Omos at WrestleMania. He said, I accept MVP's challenge, and he thought that they should shake on it. And they should also not just shake on it, but they should drink on it. And so at that point, Brock then puts his arm around MVP, and they're both looking up at the WrestleMania sign. And Brock did his own Paul Heyman intro for the fight. Brock called MVP a baller, said that he's, uh, I'm just a farmer. He goes, I grow the good stuff. If they're going to have a toast, we're going to have the good stuff. We're going to toast with the good stuff. And he pulled a flask out. From under his vest. I feel like I need to sit here with a flask when I watch this show on Monday night. Tonight especially. I was missing my flask. I could have used a flask. Fuck the flask. I could have used the whole fucking jug sitting next to me tonight. Brock pulls out his flask out of his vest. And he drank from the flask. And then he handed it to MVP. But he said, if it's all the same, MVP goes, I think I'll just drink the champagne that we have over here. Then Brock got all serious, like he was offended by this. And Brock says, uh, he asked him, he goes, you're not going to make me drink alone, are you? MVP said, of course not. So he took the flask, and he asked Brock, what's in it? And Brock said that where he comes from, they call that white lightning. Which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I believe that that was uh, moonshine. I believe, right? White lightning and moonshine, I believe, are the same thing. So MVP took a swig. He was so disgusted, he ends up doing a spit take. He spat it out in Brock Lesnar's face. That's just something you don't do. So you can imagine what happened next. MVP offered Brock his handkerchief. Brock wiped his face, stuffed it back in MVP's jacket pocket, picked him up, 
and drop them with an F5 to close out the segment. And sadly, it is official. Brock Lesnar, they even got the graphic for it. Brock Lesnar and Omos, one-on-one at WrestleMania. I was really hoping this was all just a, a devious trap set up by MVP. It was not. Uh, They're really doing this match. There was no Hurt Business reunion. Uh, Best thing I can say about this match is that at least it'll be quick. At least it'll be quick. Maybe not quick enough. You know, Kane and Kali had a match once at WrestleMania many years ago that went over five minutes, which sounds atrocious, and it really was. This shouldn't even get that long. But as most of Brock Lesnar's matches go, this, this will likely be quick. Uh, we'll get the visual of him picking up Omos for the F5. Maybe you care about that. I don't. We've seen Brock Lesnar pick up big people before. We've seen Omos get picked up before. Not not in a slam, but last year's WrestleMania. And then they had a rematch of Backlash, I think. Bobby Lashley and Omos. We've already been through this before. Bobby Lashley got him up. Big spine buster he gave Omos. I don't remember if he suplexed him or not. He may have given him a, a quick, you know, vertical suplex. But it's not as if we haven't seen Omos slammed in a way or taken off his feet. So, again, I, I don't care about that. It's it's not enough to justify doing this match for me. Omos has wrestled on television. I want you to think about this for a second. Now, as a general rule, we know that Brock Lesnar does not wrestle at all on television, right? But we've seen Brock Lesnar on a bunch of pay-per-views and stuff. Omos has not worked a match on television. I think maybe one match... In the last three months, if you don't count the Royal Rumble, one match, probably going all the way back to November. That's how many times he's been featured in a match in the ring on television. All of a sudden, Omos is in uh, the biggest match of his life against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And it's not as if coming out of WrestleMania, whether he wins or loses, it's going to make a damn bit of difference. It's not as if, well, they've got big plans for Omos, which, by the way, if they have big plans for Omos, that's bad news for us. But if they had big plans for Omos, no, they don't. No, they don't. If they had big plans for Omos, he'd be on television more than one match in three months. You really think Brock Lesnar is going to go in there and he's going to make a new star? Is that what's going on here? No. This is this is an attraction, man. It's a big attraction because you got a big guy, two big guys in there. It's a big attraction for them at WrestleMania. After WrestleMania, it'll probably be a few more months before we see Omos back in the ring. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm more disappointed that there was still no Hurt Business reunion. Now, it could happen at WrestleMania. 
Just because it didn't happen tonight doesn't mean that it still can't happen. But it doesn't seem very likely, now that we know, it's going to be Bobby Lashley going one-on-one with Bray Wyatt, and he's going to be off, you know, Bobby's going to be off doing his own thing. I, I I think the card is weaker, as I said before. The card is now weaker as a result of splitting these men up and doing these individual matches. You can pad the card now with two matches instead of one, but Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, one more time, after the terrible finish they did in Montreal, and injecting Bray in there, which seems completely unnecessary, but injecting Bray in there, at least that, you know, Brock in triple threat matches is interesting to me because he's had some really quality uh, three-way matches. They have their formula where Brock gets taken out for a little bit, you know, then he comes back and and just murders everybody. We've seen Brock Lesnar actually have some pretty kick-ass uh, you know, multi-man matches before. Even the four-way at SummerSlam a number of years ago where it was him and Roman and Samoa Joe and uh, may have been Braun. I, f- I forgot who the fourth guy was. It might have been Braun Strowman. So I think that would have given us at least a, a fighting chance at having a pretty a pretty good match. Brock Lesnar against Omos and Bobby Lashley against Bray Wyatt is not going to be good. So they have chosen, in my opinion, the weakest option of the options that they had. Cody Rhodes, the number one contender for the Undisputed Championship, was in action on this show against Chad Gable. And Cody comes down to the ring, and Cody hands his weight belt to a young fan in the crowd. And, oh, the young fan and the mom, they were so happy. What a baby face. What a baby face Cody Rhodes is. So they went to a break a minute into this match after Cody hit a reverse superplex off the top rope. Gable gained control during the break uh, when Cody got distracted by Otis, or is it uh, Otis? Right now it's Otis. Gable worked over Cody's leg. Rhodes, though, dodged a diving headbutt, followed up with a power slam and a disaster kick for two. Cody applied a figure four. Gable got a rope break. Cody went for another springboard move off the middle rope. Gable, though, caught him in midair, hit a German suplex for a two count. Gable followed that with a cliffhanger DDT. And then followed that immediately with a beautiful moonsault off the top rope. Again, only got a two count out of it. They were they were giving Gable some close near falls here in this match. Both guys got up. They started exchanging chops. Cody tossed Gable to the floor. And Gable was signaling for Otis. And Otis was off camera. He was distracted by something or someone, presumably Maxine Dupree, but we couldn't see. Cody saw that Gable's attention was diverted. Hit him with a suicide dive. Otis was still looking in the crowd. He didn't know, he didn't see any of this that was going on, right? So he doesn't know that Cody just took out Gable with a suicide dive. Cody sees Otis with his back turned, and he jogs over to him, and he puts his arm around him, and he's talking to him like like he's his best friend. Otis still has no idea that it's Cody who's talking to him. It's the old Shawn Michaels spot. I've seen Shawn Michaels do that spot twice uh, in my life. The first time was with Sonny many, many years ago. And then uh, he did it again years later at Survivor Series with Molina uh, during one of the elimination matches. So Cody did the old uh, Shawn Michaels spot here. Otis then went after Cody once he turned and realized who it was. And he ended up flying over the barricade into the front row. Hopefully there were no little kids in the front row. If they are, they're pancake mix now. So that took care of Otis. Back in the ring, Cody hit a huge Cody cutter off the top rope. 
and planted Gable after that with a crossroads for the win. And I just, I saw that crossroads and I was, I just thought, man, Gable ate that crossroads. He got drilled. Looked great. Looked great. And we got to give Chad Gable his flowers here. Chad Gable is great. Chad Gable has become, in my opinion, the in-ring MVP of Monday Night Raw. He never wins. He never wins. And he's in there. He has competitive matches. He's more competitive than you would think a guy of his stature would be because he's, he's not treated uh, like any sort of uh, top-tier you know contender on the show. But he goes in there, man, and his work is top-notch. He's getting television time. He makes everybody he's in the ring with look good. He elevates everyone's game. So I got to give him his flowers. Cody, they'll look good, too. This is a very good match for Cody. Uh, Cody had a small cut above his eye on his forehead that was bleeding a little bit. Uh, John Moxley is not impressed. So Cody got on the microphone, and he said there are 33 days left. There are 33 days left until WrestleMania. And he has yet to step into the same ring with his WrestleMania opponent, the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. He is ecstatic to hear that Roman is going to be on SmackDown. This Friday, because he's going to be there too. So finally, we are going to get the first face-to-face confrontation between Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. Uh, As I've been talking about, it was either going to be this Friday or next Friday at the absolute latest. But you knew Cody was going to go to SmackDown because Roman don't work Raw. Because Raw is not the A show. Raw is the B show. And the B stands for boring. So Cody is going to go to SmackDown on Friday, and we'll see how that goes. Byron Saxton, speaking of bees, Byron was in the back with Baron to interview him. But he cut Corbin off in mid-sentence when he saw a real star walking in the background, that being Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens said the bloodline is suffering the consequences of their actions. All he wants to see is the bloodline fall. And he's not going to stop until he gets what he wants. And he doesn't need anyone else's help. He's going to do it all alone. And uh, Kevin Owens is going to be wrestling Solo Sokoa on Raw next Monday. We got a new WrestleMania movie parody. The only one we've seen so far, they replayed it last week again, was the Batman and Joker one with Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, which was all right. So we got a brand new one here with Montez Ford and Bianca Belair doing the flying scene on the boat from Titanic. And in this one, uh, they tried to take a selfie. Montez dropped his phone into the water. This was fucking lame. (laughs) Yeah, I was looking forward to seeing these vignettes. You know, I don't know how many of them they did in total, but uh, this was lame. The old one, so far the old ones beat the hell out of the new ones. We've only had a couple of them so far. Uh, but yeah, this this one this one was lame. Now I know they did one with Rhea Ripley. They did a Stranger Things one with Rhea. There's a Goodfellas one with Roman and the Bloodline. I'm hoping those are good. I'm hoping those are good. And I know they did a couple of other ones too. But those are the ones I'm looking forward to seeing. But yeah, this was this was very lame. Speaking of Rhea Ripley, the Judgment Day was backstage. They were all smiles, and they were narrating over a video package showing highlights of what happened on SmackDown. This past Friday, which uh, was Dominic costing his father his match against Karrion Cross, He brought up Rhea having a match this Friday against Liv Morgan. 
And he told his deadbeat dad that he'll be there as well. So the two of them can have a heart to heart. Got to set that WrestleMania match up. Rhea said that she doesn't need to say a single word to Charlotte. She says just being in the same building as Rhea had her shook. She saw something on Friday. It wasn't fear. It was acceptance. Said no amount of confidence can change the fact that at WrestleMania, Rhea Ripley is going to walk out the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Preach. Preach. That's what I have to say. Finn Balor told Edge he doesn't get to decide when this is over. He decides when this is over between the two of them. Says Edge is playing checkers while Finn is playing chess. Just funny because I used that same line last week on the podcast when I was talking about Brock Lesnar kicking Bobby Lashley in the dick and the balls and getting disqualified at Elimination Chamber just so that he did not have to work with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. And I said Brock is, everyone else is playing checkers and Brock Lesnar is playing chess. And uh, Finn Balor said the same thing here about him and Edge. So Balor said that uh, there's one more move to make and he challenged Edge to a match at WrestleMania. We heard the rumors going back to December that there was going to be a Hell in a Cell match at the Royal Rumble between these two. Edge couldn't do it because he was filming a Disney Plus show. And so now they'll probably do Hell in a Cell at uh, WrestleMania. There's no stipulation attached to it yet, but the challenge has been issued. So now we wait and see, not if, but when, Edge accepts the challenge of Finn Balor. Backstage. Otis was approached by Maxine Dupree and the Maximum Male Models. She told him that he doesn't need words to be good-looking. Well, that's good news for me. In fact, if Otis has a match tonight, they would be ringside to cheer him on. And so Otis walked off to go find Adam Pearce to get himself an opponent. We had Asuka going one-on-one with Carmella. I want to uh, take a pause here just to thank everybody for choosing me for your raw coverage. Thank you to Zizu, who uh, dropped a couple of gifted memberships to two very lucky channel members earlier. Thank you, Zizu. And uh, we are closing in on the goal for Be the Booker. We're not there yet, but we're getting close. So hit that like button. Asuka and Carmella. Corey Graves was squealing about his wife. Now, look. He's a lucky guy. I don't blame him for being excited that he's married to Carmella, but he was screaming and going on and on for about a minute to the point where I almost muted the audio. Uh, this, this, they gave this eight minutes. This did not need eight minutes. This did not need to go eight minutes. This was, this was more competitive than it should have been for a woman in Carmella who was running scared from Asuka at the Elimination Chamber. Asuka, who's supposed to be some kind of killer, if you listen to the commentators, This was a regular match that went eight minutes long, and she was selling half the match for Carmella. Asuka ends up winning with her new armbar submission. It's not the Asuka lock, unless they've renamed it. Still annoys me that uh, people are calling it the Asuka lock. Unless it's the new Asuka lock, it is not the Asuka lock. But she won. After the match, she grabbed the microphone, and Asuka began yelling into the microphone in this cartoonish way, You know, all animated and smiley, yelling into the microphone in Japanese, just the way that she did before she had her makeover. She asked for Bianca to come out, and they hit her music so quickly. I'm surprised they didn't just hit her music in the middle of Asuka speaking. Why not just hit the music and have Bianca come out before Asuka even tells her to come out? Make it it look any more fake. 
So instantly the music hits and there's Bianca. It's almost like she was just waiting for a cue. Here comes Bianca Belair and she comes down to the ring. And she said that she didn't like Asuka's tone. She says, I'm the EST and you can't have WrestleMania without EST. Which is true, actually. If I look back at that WrestleMania sign, it's a little cut off, but uh, you do have EST in WrestleMania, so that's true. So then Carmella popped up again, and she shoved Asuka into uh, Bianca and knocked both ladies down. Asuka stayed down and sold this. Bianca got up, and she glared at Carmella, who was backing up the ramp. This was not good. This was not good. Uh, Bianca's promo, the more I hear Bianca's promos, the more I am convinced that they need to turn her heel after WrestleMania. There's just something about the repetitiveness of her promos and the way that she does them. Uh, I I just don't see either they turn her or the fans are going to turn on her soon. But that's not even it. This was not good. The thing that really bothered me was about Asuka. What is the point of refreshing her look and letting her go ahead and do the Kana murder clown makeup and change things up a little bit? And you're having the announcers go out on television every week and say that Asuka is the most dangerous woman in WWE. Like, you know, this woman is, uh, is a killer. It's the most dangerous woman on the roster and the most dangerous version of Asuka that we have seen. When you were sending her out there, and it takes her eight minutes to put away Carmella, and then when the match is over, she's back on the microphone acting like a clown, the exact same way that she was acting before the little attitude adjustment that she got. She's right back to doing the same shit that she was doing before, so what was the fucking point? It's the same person. She's acting the same way, she's cutting promos the same way. What makes her any more dangerous now than she was six months ago? I don't get it. They've got four weeks to kill. So they're using Carmella. Anybody wonder, oh, they're going to make it a triple threat? No, they're not making it a triple threat. They're using Carmella as a tool to create more friction between these two because they have four more weeks of television to kill. And before they even announced it later on, because Carmella is going to wrestle Bianca next week, I even wrote in my notes, we're going to get Bianca and Carmella next week. And then later on in the show, Adam Pearce made it official. So it's pretty clear what they're what they're doing here. Uh, right now, this just it feels like a very flat match. It feels like a very flat match. Honestly, both, both women's title matches right now feel flat. Charlotte and Rhea is the bigger match of the two. Like, if they were going to be on the same night and you could pick one to main event the show, you go with Charlotte and Rhea, hands down. That's the bigger of the two matches. But they both feel very cold right now. They've got four weeks. There's still time. They have a month to really make these things uh, feel special, these two feuds. Make the matches feel like a bigger deal than they feel right now. So far, they have not done that. We have Piper Niven. One-on-one with Candice LeRae. Nikki Cross walked out behind Candice when she came out, lagging behind her. And William in the chat makes a very good point, actually. William, that's, that's a great point. And I used to make that point all the time about the demon, right? There's even talk now that Finn Balor and Edge, if they have a Hell in a Cell match, we might get Demon Balor. Why? Why are people excited about the demon? The demon is dead. 
The demon died when he fell off the top rope and did a face plant and lost to Roman Reigns a couple of years ago. The demon is dead. And even when the demon was around, Finn Balor did not wrestle any differently. He really didn't behave any differently when he was the demon. It's a very similar thing with Asuka. You're absolutely right. There's really nothing about her style. There's nothing about her moveset. There's nothing about the way that she, uh, her mannerisms, or the way that she acts and behaves that really is any different. I know the announcers are trying very hard to convince us otherwise, that it's some kind of new version of her, but it's the same reason I can't get behind bringing back the demon, because there's no point. Even when he was the demon before losing to Roman Reigns, there was nothing different about him. I used to say it all the time, if you're going to do the demon, differentiate him in some way. Make it different in some way. They never did that. So it's, there's no point. I don't know why people, I mean, I can understand little kids getting excited. Maybe they do it just for the kids. Little kid sees Finn Balor or he sees the demon and the kid's going to go, ooh, the demon, right? So I get that. But for everybody else, if you're a grown fucking adult, I don't see why you would get so excited about seeing the demon over Finn Balor. What is the difference? There is no difference. It's just, it puz- It puzzles me. If you're a five-year-old child, I can understand it. I think there, frankly, are a lot of adults who are five-year-old children trapped in an older body. But uh, I don't see what the difference is. And they're booking Asuka the exact same way. To sell merch. Yeah, Darth, Darth Panic to sell merch. Maybe that's all it is. That's all it is. It's just a merch grab. So Piper Niven against Candice LeRae. Uh, Nikki Cross walked out behind Candice when she came out. She was kind of lagging behind her, not, not like she was in her corner, per se. Niven shoved Candice out of the ring a few minutes later, went outside, went to go throw her back inside. But before doing so, she stopped so that she can grab Nikki, and she threw Nikki into the barricade. Piper got back into the ring. She looked back at Nikki Cross. That gave Candice an opportunity to roll her up, and she got the distraction roll-up win in two minutes. Pretty sure that I heard a mouse fart in the upper deck of this building during this match. That's how quiet it was during this match. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Backstage, Mrs. Candice was interviewed by Byron Saxton. Gargano said that he was proud of his wife. Yes, I'd be very proud, too. A two-minute distraction roll-up win. I, I would uh, go out for a night on the town and celebrate. It was very impressive. Gargano said that Otis approached him in the locker room and told him that he wanted hot action. 
Gargano said that he was alarmed, but then he figured out that it was the match that he wanted. And the Judgment Day interrupted Gargano. Johnny made a crack about them being goth. And uh, Damian Priest, I think, what, what did Damian Priest call him? Cringe or something? He really was. I mean, I, I, I like Gargano, but uh, yikes. So Priest said that he laid out Gargano when he saw him uh, last time in the Elimination Chamber. Priest said that he wanted to lay out Gargano again. Balor stepped up and said that if Otis didn't squash Gargano, he would step up and he would finish the job himself next week. The Miz was out next for a WrestleMania edition of Miz TV. Our second talk show of the night. We had the VIP lounge and now we have Miz TV. Maybe uh, one of these weeks we'll get Carlito's Cabana. Maybe they'll bring back Carlito's Cabana. What, what other talk shows can they bring back with people who are still alive, right? Can't do Piper's Pit. Can't do the Funeral Parlor. Everyone's dead. But uh, let, let's bring back Carlitos Cabana next week. What's he doing? He's all big and swole now, right? He probably looks bigger than 80% of the roster right now. So Miz talked about the, uh, the golden envelope from last week and the gift that his uh, beloved bride, Maurice, gifted him last week. The big announcement. The big gift, the big reveal, was that Miz will be the host of WrestleMania. You would know that already, of course, if you were tuned into the SmackDown stream on Friday when I was talking about LA Knight, and I mentioned, what are they going to do with LA Knight at WrestleMania? And I said, well, we're probably going to find out on Monday that Miz is hosting WrestleMania. And if they can't come up with something for LA Knight to do, maybe Miz hosts one night of WrestleMania and LA Knight can host the other night. I guess we'll find out on Friday. But uh, sure enough, Miz is going to be the host of at least one night of WrestleMania. Seth Rollins made his entrance. Everybody sang his song. And he came down to the ring. Rollins told Miz not to get his panties in a bunch. He said he was there to congratulate Miz. He didn't want to rain on his parade. Miz said that Rollins has rained on his parade for each of the last three weeks. Rollins said he stomped Miz with his big red boots because Miz was being a bit of a jerk, and then he had to stomp him three times last week because he was being a bit of a b-hole. Miz said that he's not a B type of person. He is an A type of person. And Rollins said, So you're saying you're an A-hole then? Miz got upset. He said, No, I'm not. Rollins said that he wasn't trying to ruin Miz's moment. He had a favor that he wanted to ask him. He said that he's been trying to get a hold of Logan Paul all week long. Rollins said that since Miz taught Paul everything he knows, he thought that Miz could get uh, his phone out and he could get Logan Paul on FaceTime. Miz said no. And he said that uh, I'm going to WrestleMania while you're just a goofball in a stupid jacket. Rollins then super kicked Miz and Miz's phone fell out. And Miz's phone fell to the ground. Rollins picked up Miz's phone, took a seat, and he dialed Logan Paul. And he answered the phone. We could hear Logan Paul on the other end. He immediately told Miz to stop calling him. And Rollins said, surprise! And then they showed on screen the phone screen with Logan Paul on there. He said, the Miz is a little out of commission right now. I just wanted to call and see how your baby brother was doing. Uh, poor Jake Paul. Jake Paul lost his fight to Tommy Fury the other night, the first real boxer he stepped into the ring with. 
Didn't go too well for Jake Paul. So he was rubbing a little salt in the wound. Rollins challenged Logan to show up, stand face-to-face with him next week in Boston. Logan accepted the challenge, and Rollins said one more thing. Bye-bye, bitch. And he hung up on him. I think I'm going to use that line the next time I get a uh, telemarketing call on my phone before I hang up. I think I'm going to use that same line. All these uh, robocalls that I get. and stuff. Every now and then I'll get an actual human being on the phone, but it's all bullshit. I'm definitely going to use that line. And if I get one more call, by the way, about my car warranty, I'm going to murder someone. Miz started to show signs of life as uh, Rollins was about to leave the ring, and so he decided to put him down with yet another stop. So that sets the stage now for the confrontation next week with Rollins and Logan Paul, which I maintain is going to be, I think, an excellent match at WrestleMania. Backstage, Austin Theory was interviewed. He was very upset that everybody was talking about John Cena and not talking about him. Theory brought up hustle, loyalty, and respect, and he said that hustle, his hustle, was Elimination Chamber. He said that he has a lot of respect for John Cena. Theory said that he would look Cena in the eye next week and give him the respect that he deserves, and Theory said the only thing he asks is that John Cena gives him the respect that he deserves. So that, again, will be the first face-to-face confrontation we get between those two. That will, whether it's officially announced next week or not, that will set the stage for the WrestleMania match. The only question now, is the U.S. title going to be defended in that match? I would say most likely yes. But uh, we shall see next week. We had Bobby, now now we were at a point in the show here. I, I think it might have been around 10, a little after 10 p.m. This was right here, this this part of the show, where I was just starting to just doze off and die on the vine. I was, I was just praying for a power outage. We have snow falling in New York tonight. This is the first snow that we've seen all winter. I thought we might be able to get past winter without any snow. I spoke too soon. The snow is falling outside. I think it's going to rain tomorrow, so hopefully it'll all be washed away. But uh, I was kind of hoping at this point in the show that, you know, there would be feet of snow and the fucking power lines would come down. But no. So the show continued. And we had Bobby Lashley against Elias. So Lashley beat him quickly with the hurt lock. Rick Boogs was once again shown in the back, feverishly taking notes on how to be a fucking loser. How do I lose as quickly as possible? Let me take down these notes. So he took down his notes. He beat him with the hurt lock. He asked for a microphone. He said that he wasn't in a good mood right now. I wouldn't be in a good mood either if I just found out what the fucking WrestleMania plans were. He said he wasn't in a good mood right now because he owned Brock Lesnar at Elimination Chamber. And now he gets Bray Wyatt and his little kids' games. He doesn't play kids' games. He says, Bray Wyatt, keep my name out of your mouth or I will hurt you. And as Lashley was walking up the ramp, a Bray Wyatt music video. And a wild Bane appeared. Fire Panda, thank you very much for the $20 super chat. Very kind of you. All of a sudden, a Bray Wyatt music video popped up. It's the old Muscle Man video. Do the muscle man dance. 
Huskus the pig was on there. Bray and his workout gear was on there. They spliced in footage of Bobby Lashley in this video as Bray did the muscle man dance. And then at the very end of it, he got serious and Bray told him to run. And then they cut to the Wyatt logo on screen. This did not get much of a reaction. Not as much as you may think. I mean, considering how over Bray was when he first came back and uh, the reactions that his videos and his segments were getting, uh, this did not get the kind of reaction that you might have expected. I do not have high hopes for this, to say the least. I do not have high hopes for this. Uh, I feel the same way about this match that I did the idea of a singles match with Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt. I don't think it, I don't think they're going to mesh well. I don't think they're going to mesh well. And uh, I just don't think this is going to be any good. So maybe if my expectations are very low, maybe they'll impress me. You know what I was more interested in? I was more interested in the Uncle Howdy stuff, right? Uncle Howdy is Bo Dallas, right? Let's just say who it is. It's Bo Dallas. And at some point, I would imagine we'll get some kind of reveal as far as the Uncle Howdy stuff is concerned. The problem is, though, that this has now dragged on for so long without any real advancement. Like, even if they're not going to do the reveal yet, right? Bray came back in October. It's going to be March. It's going to be March. And even if we go to WrestleMania and it's The Fiend, right? Oh, we, we've seen how that's gone before. Uh, we've already seen The Fiend. I don't give a fuck. The Uncle Howdy stuff is mildly interesting, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's moving at a snail's pace here, and I'm rapidly losing interest in this. So I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to look into the future at where this may be going, and it's impossible. With Bray Wyatt, it's impossible to know exactly where things are going to be going. I mean, you watched that segment from SmackDown on Friday in that video. Uh, it, it was like a fucking acid trip. So who knows? Bobby Lashley involved in all of the spooky, you know, hocus-pocus type stuff, to me, is a recipe for failure. Uh, I don't see this as being very good at all. And again, I think that they went with the weakest possible option here for all these men involved. I think that's a mistake. In the back, Chelsea Green, she was back. And she was berating Adam Pierce because she wound up in Ottawa, Illinois last week instead of Ottawa, Canada. She claimed to not know that there was even an Ottawa, Ontario in the first place. And Adam Pierce pointed out that you're Canadian. How do you not know that? You're from Canada. Carmella showed up. Pierce told her that uh, she wants. Put her hands on Bianca, you'll get a match with her next week on a row. So that made the match official. We had Johnny Gargano against Otis. Gargano super kicked Otis, who tumbled out to the floor. Otis got up, he looked at Maxine Dupree and her long legs as he got back up to his feet. He then caught a diving Johnny Gargano jumping out of the ring and he slammed him onto the announce desk. We then had Massey holding Gargano for Mansois when Dexter Lumet reached out over the barricade. He was sitting in the front row, another hooded figure. How many fucking people in hoodies are going to be running out in the middle of these shows? You want to get involved on WWE television, all you got to do is wear a black hoodie. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Dexter Loomis. Remember Retribution? Just wear a black hoodie, you'll be fine. Dressed like a ninja. So we haven't seen Dexter Loomis in weeks. 
on television. So he reappeared tonight. And he reached over and he was uh, pulling Marseille. Mr. Lumet was pulling Marseille into the crowd as Mansois tried to save him. But then Mansois ate a... The fuck am I even talking about? Jesus Christ. What is this? What am I doing with my life? Gargano ended up giving Otis a DDT on the apron. Then he gave him a one final beat DDT in the ring, and he pinned him, and that was the end of that. Let's let's move on here. Kathy Kelly was in the back. And Kathy Kelly was in the back with the wise man, Paul Heyman. I don't know why Paul Heyman was even on this show. He didn't come out at the beginning of the show with the other Bloodline members. There was no reason for him to be there. But there he was. So Paul Heyman said that he loved, he loved the fact that Cody Rhodes is going to be coming to SmackDown on Friday night. Kathy Kelly pointed out, you know, Cody never said that he was coming to SmackDown to confront Roman Reigns. He just said he was going to be there. And Paul Heyman said either Cody is there to confront Roman or Roman will be there to confront Cody Rhodes. And our main event for the evening, thank God was for the Women's Tag Team Championship. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this and not lose my sanity. Women's Tag Team titles on the line. Becky and Lita taking on Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Becky and Dakota started things out. They tagged out very quickly. And there were actual cheers. There was a pulse from the crowd when Lita tagged into the match. And she even got chance of Lita. Let's go Lita. We got a let's go Lita chance. Uh, even still though, it, it was, as the match wore on for a few minutes, it was a lot quieter. Like when Lita was in, it was quieter after that than I would have expected it to be. But that was again, the story of the night. Kai and Sky ended up in the challenger's corner. Becky then dropped down on all fours and Lita launched herself off of Becky's back onto both women. The announcer said vintage Lita. Is that really vintage Lita? I know that was vintage Hardy boys. But uh, did Lita did Lita do that very often? Is that really vintage Lita? Apparently now it is. Lita then teased the moonsault, but the champions ended up rolling out to the floor. Becky then did a dive onto them, heading into the final commercial break. Back from the break, Becky was on the middle rope. She went for her leg drop from the middle rope, and uh, she didn't get all of it, as the announcer said. She did not. She did not get all of it. It looked very awkward, but she hit the leg drop. Becky hit a diamond dust to Dakota Kai, who kicked out after two. Becky tried locking on the disarm her, but Io broke up the attempt. Outside the ring, Io took out Becky with an acai moonsault on the floor. Bailey ended up throwing one of the women's tag team belts into the ring. The referee cleared the belt from the ring, and while that was going on, uh, she missed it, or he missed it. Who was the referee? Referee was a man, right? Referee missed it. When Bailey pulled Lita off the apron to prevent Becky from making the tag, right? Ooh, so close yet so far away. Trish Stratus's music hits, and here comes Trish Stratus. And she runs down to the ring. She tackles Bailey. Becky finally gets the tag. Lita did the slowest head scissors takeover that I think I have ever seen. I mean, it looked like this was in slow motion. She spiked EO on her head. And uh, covered her for a two count. Lita went to the ropes. Dakota, or uh, Io rather, pulled her down. 
EO went for her genius of the sky moonsault. Lita moved out of the way. Lita put EO down with a twist of fate, went up top for her own moonsault. First, though, Bailey tried to pull her down. Trish Stratus, though, reached up, pulled Bailey off the apron, gave her the chick kick. That took care of Bailey. Then Dakota Kai went after Lita. Becky pulled her to the apron and put her in the disarm, her on the apron. And so finally, Lita was able to go ahead and set up for the moonsault on Io, who had to lay there, by the way, this entire time. She had to lay there forever, selling and selling and waiting and waiting until finally Lita comes off the top, she hits the moonsault, and she pins Io Sky to win the Women's Tag Team Championships, ending Damage Control's second run with the tag belts. And finally, the crowd noise that we had not heard for much of the night was finally there at the end of the show. The crowd made noise. They were uh, happy to see Trish. They were happy to see Lita. They got to see a title change, so of course they popped. And they gave them the big pyro celebration as they uh, celebrated with Trish in the ring to end the show. And uh, that's how I see things. I see things, I see Trish and Bailey going off and doing their own match. And then the women's tag team titles can be decided among Damage Control and Becky and Lita and possibly Ronda and, and, and Shayna. And look, they could add a fourth team if they want to. You know, it could be Shotzi and Natty or something. I don't think that's needed at all. You know, this report about how Triple H wants to keep the WrestleMania card both nights relatively slim. And supposedly people are upset because uh, they may be left off the WrestleMania card. I don't know how accurate that report is, but if it is accurate, good. Good. Because for so many years, they've had this idea that we've got to try to squeeze everybody onto the WrestleMania card. And it just makes the WrestleMania card bloated. WrestleMania should be reserved for the people who are in active stories at this time and the best of the best that they have on the roster. And if you're not on the WrestleMania card this year, well, hopefully you'll be on the WrestleMania card next year and you'll be in an actual story. Well, there'll be some sort of compelling match where it's warranted that you're actually on the card for that year. You know, the Battle Royals, like the Andre Battle Royals, been relegated to SmackDown the last few years, the night before. The Battle Royal would have been the way to get everybody on the show. I'm okay with them not doing it at WrestleMania. Keep the WrestleMania card to a reasonable length. And feature only the people that have to be featured. You know, WrestleMania shouldn't be a participation a participation trophy for everybody. we got to get everybody on the card. Right? Every, every Tom, Dick, and Jane has to be on the card at WrestleMania. So I actually kind of hope that's true. I like that idea of keeping the cards tight. Even though you got two nights, you keep the cards tight. Only to the matches that really need to be on the show. So anyway, that was the Monday Night Raw show tonight. The worst Raw show of the year so far because it was very boring. It was very boring. Some people are going to say it wasn't a bad show. They advanced this. They did that. If the show almost puts me to sleep, it is fucking bad. Because, look, there are things on Raw every week that I may not like, but it's not very often I sit here and I'm dozing off. This was a boring television show. And I can almost guarantee that this Twitter poll, I never know what the poll is necessarily going to show. But I am uh, i am reasonably confident tonight that this poll is going to back me up. Let's take a look here. See what this poll says. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
27% of you have given this show a thumbs up. 31% thumbs in the middle and 41% thumbs down. And uh, that is with almost 900 votes in so far and counting. 27% for Raw pretty much sums it up pretty well, I would say. Go ahead and vote. At Solomonster on Twitter. Take a look at your Super Chats. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's get away from the show. Let's get away. Abysmal. It's a good word for it. An abysmal score for mundane Night Raw tonight. We begin with Lakers Pats 1. Uh, is pitching a match that if that ever happens, God help us all. Thank you, Lakers Pats. Fire Panda with the $20 Super Chat drop. Has a question for me and the chat. Wants to know what we are all doing for the anniversary of the August 1st warning. How many years has it been since uh, the big Tito Ortiz reveal? I'm what anniversary is this? Is this 10 years? Has it been 10 years? 10 years, maybe? What am I going to be doing on August 1st? I don't know. What day of the week is August 1st? If it's a Monday, a Wednesday, or a Friday, I'll be here. I'll be streaming. Hulkling93 with a $10 super chat. I guess prep work for Elias took more of a priority. Because if Lashley wanted Brock so bad, he could have gotten him tonight. Yeah, again, that's... It's just one of the reasons why it didn't make any sense. Bobby Lashley, the last two weeks, has been walking around pissed at what Brock Lesnar did to him at Elimination Chamber. He didn't just kick him in the dick. He laid him out with a couple of F5s. And so Brock is there tonight, right? He's going around slapping hands. He's sitting on a couch in the ring. What was stopping Bobby Lashley from coming out and getting his revenge? You've got the tie-in there with MVP. I mean, it was right there. The angle was right there. Didn't make any sense. He says, then the whole never has Asuka been this dangerous continues to be... Uh, continues to be ridiculous. Yeah, I talked about that. It's, it's, it's stupid. It's just very stupid. There's absolutely nothing about Asuka now that makes her any more dangerous than she was... Four months ago. Metal Rules with a $25 super chat. My goodness, Metal Rules. Thank you. It says, butt or sell? 
I'll go with the butt. Uh, the Revival makes their return before the end of the year and get revenge on the Usos for the whole Usi debacle. Uh, I fully expect FTR back in AEW as soon as this week. Samuel Hayworth. Brock should have get, Brock should have been added to the Intercontinental match. Him and Gunther take each other out to set up a feud. Sheamus pins Drew. Drew goes heel on Sheamus after. Nah, I don't like that. I would hold off on, on uh, Brock and Gunther. You know, my idea that I talked about on, on 797... Gunther loses the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. Sheamus walks out with the belt. Whether it's a triple threat, whether they do individual matches on both nights, that clears the way for Gunther to win King of the Ring in Saudi Arabia at the end of May. Gunther then challenges for the Universal title, either at Money in the Bank or SummerSlam, and by then, if the titles are split, you can get the belt on Brock Lesnar before then. You can do Brock Lesnar and Gunther for the Universal title at SummerSlam at Ford Field. That's an idea. That's an idea. I would not add Brock to the Intercontinental title. Why would Brock even I mean why would Brock even be challenging for the Intercontinental Championship? <laughs> why? I like my idea better. Uh Luis, our boy Luis, dropping a five dollar super chat. Are we sure Brock Lesnar is not a secret blue eyes white dragon with that white light? What? A secret blue eyes white dragon with that white lightning hard. Is that more Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, Luis? I, I don't know any of these characters. A blue eyes white dragon. I think you've been hitting the uh, white white lightning a little too much yourself. Luis, thank you. Uh, Winter's Paul. Raw was fun. Seth and Co... <laughs> Thank you, Winters Paul. Uh, MLK10, if you could pick one member of the Impact roster who would flourish under Triple H, who would you pick? My pick would be Ace Austin. I gotta tell you, uh, I, I couldn't even tell you probably half the people on the Impact roster right now. I know they have uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. I know they have Josh Alexander. Uh, I don't know if Bully Ray is still there after his program with Josh Alexander. Uh, I know they have Deanna Perrazzo and Mickey James and some of the women, Masha Slamovich. Um, Trey Miguel, right? Is Trey Miguel still there? Ace Austin? After that, it just gets harder and harder for me to know who is currently on the active Impact roster. I know uh, Frankie Kazarian now is in Impact. I know that. But, uh... One member of the Impact roster who would flourish under Triple H. I think Josh Alexander could do very well. He's very talented. Josh Alexander, I think, under Triple H could probably do very well. Maybe not at the world title level. Maybe he wouldn't slot him in there. But I think he'd be a solid hand on the roster. God of Seduction, thank you for the super chat. Deontay Soigne, last two bucks until pay drops. Best podcast, Solomonster. Deontay, thank you. GCC305 with the $30. Bully the Clown Super Chat. 
I had a choice between paying for this one girl's OnlyFans subscription or pay for a $30 super chat. I chose the latter. Unlike Raw, your review is keeping me up at work on this Monday night that I work overnights solo. I would say you made the right choice, but you didn't tell me who the OnlyFans subscription was for. Is is it uh, Mandy Rose? Is that who it was? Because then I I would say, I don't know if you made the right choice. Uh, Joe B. I had a dream that at All Out, we got FTR and CM Punk against the Elite in a winner-take-all match with the World Tag and Trios belts. Will this happen? No. Down bad with the 499. Brock against Omos in the Cinnamon Toast Crunch match. Whoever finishes their bowl of cereal first is the winner. Well, you know what? At least that wouldn't be so bad. I'll take that. You get Brock sitting there. He's got his Cinnamon Toast Crunch. He's got his moonshine. Whoever has to finish the bowl quickest means it'll be over in a, in a, in a flash. I can live with that. Inferno Fireboy. Seems kind of redundant, doesn't it? Shouldn't it just be Inferno Boy? Omos against Lesnar, the match that no one wants. Uh, Groovy Goose, you may need two point. You may need to point at the WrestleMania sign to remind WWE. I think they're well aware. JJ Malecha. Besides Brock and Undertaker, WrestleMania 30, what WrestleMania match outcome would you want to change the most? Triple H and Booker T at WrestleMania 19 still irritates the shit out of me, but I don't know if that's the one I would want to change the most. Uh, Sting and Triple H, maybe, at WrestleMania 31. Maybe that one. Cameron Johnson with a $10 super chat. Omos going to put an end to racist Brock. That's right. Well, you know, we, we saw what Brock did to Kofi. And we saw what Brock did to Big E. And we have seen what Brock has done to Bobby Lashley. I'm just saying. There's a pattern there. Uh, Zachariah Sitchin. $4.99. A knock on Triple H's regime is the god-awful entrance themes Johnny Wrestling and Damage Control have, but that's me nitpicking. Oh well, cheers. No, you're you're perfectly right in calling out some of the theme music on the WWE shows. I mean, their theme music, overall theme music, is uh, terrible compared to how it used to be. Absolutely awful. And if I were Triple H, one of the first things I would have done, if I had real power, is I would have brought back Jim Johnston on day fucking one. And he has not done that, and that is a black mark on Triple H. Now, I know there are people who work in that company, you know, musically, and and who Jim Johnston had to work with before, apparently, who just didn't like him very much. Uh, I've heard stories about that, but uh, so what? Bring him back. Bring him back and put him in the Hall of Fame. We've got uh, Tokes Kazim with the 999 Super Chat. I am not feeling Omos against Brock. I don't give a damn about Bobby against Bray. 
I want to care about Bianca and Asuka, and it's pretty obvious Roman will beat Cody. I wouldn't say it's obvious. I mean, there's a definite possibility Roman will beat Cody. I wouldn't say it's obvious, although them pushing on commentary the fact that Cody is undefeated, I mean, that that has me a little worried, but I, I wouldn't say that it's obvious. Uh, Joseph Brooks, did the great Muta have the best final year in wrestling? I I don't know. I, I would have to think about that. I mean, he had a whole bunch of retirement matches, but I don't know if that means he had the best final year. Guy had like half a dozen retirement matches in the last two, in the last uh, couple of months. But he got to go out in the main event of the Tokyo Dome. And even though he lost, but that's not a bad way to go out in your final match. Final matches, right? He had the secret main event. After the main event was over, he had the, you know, he called in Chono, and <clears throat> I talked about that on the podcast. I gave my whole review on that whole thing. HBKC83, I know it is not Hogan and Andre, but where would you rank Hogan and Warrior among WrestleMania's biggest main events? One of the biggest. As a young wrestling fan back then who lived through it that was a very big deal you i mean there were sides to choose you were either team hogan or team warrior i was team hogan but um that was a very big deal it was very unique because back then you didn't get big baby face against baby face matches let alone champion against champion title for title like everything about it was so unlike what you would typically see in wwe at the time so that was a very big deal you live through it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Rizzo with the $10 Super Chat. This would be fantastic if WWE can do it, but have Buddy Murphy and Dominic in a few. Buddy in storyline was involved with Dom's sister, and Dom is now involved with Buddy's girlfriend. Well, the problem with that is Buddy is a little tied up right now, working for Tony Khan. Judgment. A $5 Super Chat. Hey, Solomon, sir, are you doing a March Madness Be the Booker tournament for 2023? Uh, I did not have any plans. I mean, I'm open to it, but it was uh, pretty much going to be business as usual with uh, Be the Booker, but uh, I don't know. Maybe. Fire Panda, excuse me, sir, but do you have time to talk about Omar? Oh, I've talked enough about him tonight. Rizzo. For all the good he's done, Triple H bringing back Death Row, I mean Hit Row, and Johnny Gargano have not been his best. Although Johnny, I think, was going to be involved with Champa, and obviously that got screwed. I, I said that when Champa got hurt, and he went away and had surgery. I said, I think what, what was happening, because Gargano wasn't doing anything. I mean, he was just sort of milling around, doing shit with The Miz and, and Dexter. And it just felt to me like they had plans for him and Champa, For Champa split away from The Miz, and you give us a DIY run on the main roster. Such a great run in NXT. It would be a crime if they're on the same show and they don't have a run together as partners on the main roster. You want to give the tag team division a real boost. You know, now imagine in the middle of this Usos run that they're on right now, you could have done DIY and the Usos for the undisputed tag team title. Maybe that would have been the WrestleMania match. Who knows? But I definitely think Champa getting hurt screwed up their plans for Gargano. And look, Gargano is not doing very 
well. He's not doing anything right now, really, on the roster. He's not connecting with the audience in the way that I think he uh, was expected to, maybe by Triple H, or that you would hope. He, he's a terrific babyface. Uh, and if you saw him work in NXT, you would know that. Some of the best NXT matches involve Johnny Gargano as the underdog babyface. But I think that the best thing for him, even more than Champa, would be to put him and Champa together as soon as Champa's ready to come back. You put the two of them together as a tag team. Eventually, they can go off and do their own thing in singles, but you do you start out with the DIY stuff. And I think that would help save Johnny Gargano, who just feels like he's just there right now with no real direction. I don't know how long Champa's going to be out for yet, it's going to be a month, two months, three months. I don't know how long. Uh, I would wait it out. And when he's ready to come back, you reunite DIY. And you let them do their thing in the tag team ranks. Uh, Rizzo says, any chance Punk shows up after MJF wins on Sunday? Also, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm choosing the ratings draw in Punk over the Elite. You know, all this talk about Punk being a ratings draw. I mean, he, he, he popped a few ratings, but... I don't know, when Punk was there week to week, was Dynamite doing over a million on a weekly basis? I don't think their numbers were radically different than what they are now. They'll pop a million every now and then, otherwise they're in the 900,000 range generally. I mean, the way people talk about Punk and it being a ratings draw, you would think Dynamite was doing 1.2 million every week. I think that's overplayed. But he is a big name, and look, is there a possibility that he could show up? Yeah, there's a possibility. Punk is mostly healed up from his injury now. Tony Khan is going to have to make a decision on what he wants to do. He may decide to bring back CM Punk. It's very possible. I don't know that it's going to happen a revolution. But do I think that he could pop up back on TV in these next couple of months? Yeah, I think I think it's possible. Uh, GCC dropping another $10 super chat. I personally don't find Mandy Rose attractive in this or the next lifetime. It was a, uh, regardless, I'd rather you get my money. Oh, person on, uh, on Instagram. Thank you, GCC. Shutterbug fan, tonight's show was so boring that the fight that my friend had with her husband was more exciting. Well, tell me more about this fight. Lorenzo, $6 super chat. I'm looking forward to the absolute car crash that will be Omos and Brock. King Bling Blah, does Jay Uso turn on Jimmy at WrestleMania? No. Nitty Gritty, what do you think of the Jake the Snake bio on A&E? I have not seen it yet. And God of Seduction, who is left after Cody if he loses? Sammy? Drew? Well, I mean, there are there aren't that many options that are going to be ready to go uh, coming out of WrestleMania. Again, you can build up Gunther, I think, for later in the summer. Although Gunther against Roman is not the match because then it's heel on heel. Uh, Drew, they could heat up again coming out of WrestleMania. I think Drew, I think Drew will have another run in him at some point at the top. Uh, but the options, to me, the options are few and far between. I don't see them going back to Sammy. Especially not if he and uh, KO win the tag team titles. I mean, they're not going to go back the same. Look, you know, I think that there's a definite possibility that Roman is going to retain a WrestleMania. If 
it's my call to make Cody Rhodes wins a WrestleMania. That is the right move to make. The right move is, frankly, whether it's Cody or anybody in that spot, is to end the Roman reign. Roman's reign? I guess it would be Roman's reign. Uh, end Roman's reign at WrestleMania. Anthony Perks with the 999. Since you brought up DIY, buy or sell on the better tag match for them. Sammy and KO or the Usos? I think both those matches would be incredible. Uh, but if you're asking me which of the two matches I think would be stronger, Sammy and KO against Gargano and Champa. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rizzo. 1999 Super Chat. Seth never got beat fair and square in that Roman match. I wonder how big of a pull for Triple H. And WWE is that 1,000 days for Roman is uh, only a month after WrestleMania. Still think Cody wins, but not as confident as I was in January. And that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I still think Cody wins, but I'm not as confident now as I would have been a couple of months ago before he won the Rumble. But I still think he pulls it off. Going into Elimination Chamber, right? The story was Sammy finished the story, and he didn't. Now you're going to go to WrestleMania with Cody? I've got to finish the story. And he doesn't finish it either? Who who does? Is anybody ever going to finish their story with Roman Reigns? I think it has to be Cody Rhodes. Andre Israel. The Hogan against Sting segment yesterday was hilarious. I was so pissed. <laughs> I, had, I had to do a segment on it because I was just so fucking angry about it. Yeah, if you want, if you want to... You want to get my real thoughts on the Hogan Sting Starcade main event 97 and the bullshit that I had to listen to in that documentary that A&E did on the NWO? You need to check out episode 797 of the Sound Off from yesterday. Uh, let's be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. Hey, look at that. I'm giving more television time to Alexa Bliss than WWE is. It is time to be the booker. We begin with the men's be the booker, and we begin with the game. Triple H uh, holding up the undisputed championships uh, from WrestleMania 18. Uh, there he is. He didn't hold on to those titles for very long. Dropped the title only a month later to Hulk Hogan. Let's see who Triple H is going to be getting in the ring with. Triple H, one-on-one with The Rock. There you go. One of our biggest Be The Booker main events I ever booked. Triple H and The Rock, a fantastic Attitude Era feud. And it's a, a crime that these two never got their singles match at WrestleMania. Right? Austin and Rock, we got... We never got Rock and Triple H in a singles match at WrestleMania. The Backlash main event in 2000 should have been the WrestleMania main event, but 
It just was not meant to be. Almost got it at 32. But uh, Rock couldn't make it. That seems to be a recurring theme of uh, Rock wanting to be at WrestleMania. But damn, you know, he's just too damn busy. So that that's a fantastic start. Let's go over to the ladies' side here. Hollywood Rock, no less. I love it. Hollywood Rock and the under uh, Hollywood Rock and Triple H. On the women's side, we begin with Kelly Kelly. Kelly Kelly, everybody. Yeah. Kelly Kelly going to go one-on-one with Mako Satamura. I'm giving it the bell for Mako. I'm giving it the bell for Mako. I believe that Mako could make that match at least halfway decent. I am putting my full faith and trust in Mako Satomura to make that something presentable. I'm not giving the buzzer to a Mako Satomura match. On the tag team side, we begin with RK Bro, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, who I'm starting to think may never come back to WWE. I, I, I almost think that they're kind of running out the time on his contract. That's just my opinion. Or maybe they're waiting for Randy Orton to come back. Maybe they're going to bring them both back together. We've got RK Bro taking on the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers. Fabulous Rougeaus are an underrated team. Unless you grew up in that era, you probably don't even, there's probably people who don't even know who these two guys are. It's kind of sad. RK Bro and the Rougeos would have been a fine, fine tag team match. So that is a clean sweep. Sweep. Bring out the sweepers. The bro- <laughs> the sweepers. The brooms. What are those things called? Brooms. Bring out the brooms. There you go. I forgot what they were called for a second. Sweepers. <clears throat> oh, boy. Rizzo. Says, uh, I saw a pic of Matt Riddle recently, and yikes, I hope he's okay. What pic is that? I saw there was some picture of him from a few months ago where, I don't know if it was just like he had, he had like a grill or, or what it was. He, like, he looked just weird. Like he was going through some sort of midlife crisis or something. That's what I mean. I don't know, if, I don't know that we're going to see him back on TV anytime soon. The man has issues. I don't know if they want the headache anymore. Uh, GCC305 with the $10 super chat. Uh, Conrad ripped a new one into Eric a few years ago talking about that Starcade 97 main event. Solo Monster getting all my money tonight rather than uh, rather than that OnlyFans. Well, look. I can't I can't promise you that I will pose for you for OnlyFans, but I appreciate you choosing me over the uh the fairer sex. I appreciate that. Yeah, good. I hope Conrad did rip him a new one. Because every time I hear Bischoff talk about that Star K97 match, he sounds like a fucking idiot. All he's doing is covering for Hogan. Eric Eric's not a dumb man. He's covering for Hogan. 
except on the A&E special, he didn't really cover for Hogan. He basically blamed Hogan. But Hogan's his boy, right? So he's not going to go in too deep on Hogan. It all comes back to Hogan being a selfish ass. Plain and simple. That's what it all boils down to in the end. Rizzo says, yep, that's the photo. My apologies. I thought that was last month. Now, I think that was from a couple of months ago. Uh, yeah, Sting was too pale. Yeah. Yeah. Sting, Sting, was, Sting was like Seamus that night, if you uh, listen to these men talk about this. You would think he was fucking uh, Seamus out there. And Seamus is awesome, by the way. So, I don't see what's so bad about that. Milton Herrera Romoldi. Post-WrestleMania. Oh, boy. These are going, these are going fast now. I got to... There we go. Post-WrestleMania, how soon would you do the draft? And do you think having a GM authority figure per brand would add to the brand rivalries? I mean, if you wanted to do a brand rivalry, then you almost need to have a different you know, GM for each one instead of having Adam Pierce run back and forth between both shows. I was a fan of ditching the GMs because it was so overplayed. Now it's been... Technically, we haven't had GMs in, in several years. Uh, I mean, we had William Regal in NXT, but that doesn't really count. Uh, Regal was the best GM out of them all. You know, Regal, Bischoff was great back in the day. But it was just such a played-out uh, device for them to use on those shows. So if they wanted to bring it back, and, and if Triple H was going to treat it in a different way and have more of a brand rivalry thing going on, I mean, in theory, it's great. But the brand split has never been has never been treated the right way in WWE. It's like they don't know how to do one. People go back and forth, and, and that's fine. If you want people to go back and forth, there's no real point in having any sort of brand rivalry because there's no brand exclusivity. If they're going to do a draft, when would I do it? I would do it within a few weeks after WrestleMania. I would do it mid to late April. And I've heard nothing about Triple H planning a draft. Usually by now we would be hearing murmurs about that. We still haven't gotten any announcements for the Hall of Fame. We're a month away from WrestleMania. Not one name has been announced for the Hall of Fame. So I don't know what's going on. Moist, moist, dropping $1.99. What is your favorite James Bond movie of all time? You know... I, I am actually very fond of, of View to a Kill, which was the last Roger Moore James Bond movie, and, and people would say probably the worst of the Roger Moore James Bond movies. I, I like that one. As far as my favorite of the James Bond movies, I would probably go with The Spy Who Loved Me. I'm a Roger Moore guy, in case you couldn't tell. So I'm not a Sean Connery guy or a Pierce Brosnan guy. I like Daniel Craig. I thought he was a very good James Bond. He's probably my second favorite James Bond. Roger Moore is is the man. He is my favorite Bond. So I've seen Moonraker, The Spy Who Loved Me, Octopussy. That's a real name, by the way. Uh, a View to a Kill, uh, Live and Let Die, you know, with the voodoo stuff. I've seen them all. I've seen them all. The Spy Who Loved Me, I would say, is probably my favorite. Uh, We've got Ant McCall dropping 20 bucks. Hey, Ant, thank you. 
says, uh, hello, Tony Baloney here. You've proposed Dragon Lee against Valter. I think it'll be Gargano and oh, Waller. <laughs> I was like, Dragon Lee and Walter. Why would you do that to poor Dragon Lee? He says, Waller, Grayson Waller. I think it'll be Gargano and Waller at Stand and Deliver. They have a story to finish. Yeah, it's not going to be Johnny Gargano. I think it's going to be the debuting Dragon Lee. Shawn Michaels is going to use Dragon Lee, I think, as his surrogate to wrestle Grayson Waller at Stand and Deliver. That is my prediction. Christopher Walken was a great villain. That's why I like the View to a Kill so much. I, I like Christopher Walken. So I I have a, and, and I just love the song. I love the Duran Duran song for that movie. So I know it was the last Bond movie he did and it wasn't the best, but I've always had a fondness for that movie. Oofman Entertainment, does there have to be a brand rivalry? Can't just be, can't there just be a brand split? Yeah. There's no, there's no rule that says there has to be a rivalry between the brands. And Triple H basically abandoned the whole concept by replacing it with War Games at Survivor Series. So, you know, it's nice to have competition between the two brands. Back in the day when they initially started doing the brand split, everything was legitimately split right down to the writing team. So you had legitimate rivalry going between the two brands. Paul Heyman, the famous story, uh, Paul Heyman was, uh, you know, eavesdropping once on a, on a conference call that he wasn't supposed to be on. Uh, I think a call had ended or something. He stayed on the line or he dialed the code. There was some mischievous stuff going on back then. So it was a competition not only with the talent, but even the people behind the scenes. But that was because initially it was really treated like a legitimate split. And then over the years, they just got away from it. And it, they just got very loose enforcing the, the rules of the split. And it didn't mean anything anymore. It was a joke. At the beginning, though, they tried. Those first couple of years, after that, it was pretty much all downhill. Uh, am I looking forward to the Walking Dead spinoff shows? Uh, I am. How many are there? Three, right? I think there's three. I don't know. All I know is I'm enjoying The Last of Us so far. I think The Last of Us is excellent. Dr. Dakota Scorpio might rewatch all of the Bond films now after this. You should. You should. Casino Royale was great. The first uh, Daniel Craig one, I I love that movie. But uh, the Connery ones, I just never got around to seeing all of them. You know, Connery was just before my time. You know, Roger Moore. My mother used to watch all those movies, and she had the tapes of, of his Bond movies, so those are the ones I watched, and I just became a big fan, you know? To me, when I think of James Bond, I, I just, I think of him. I think of Sir Roger Moore. You know? Yeah, when are these Walking Dead spinoffs starting, by the way? Like the Rick and Michonne one, the Daryl one. I don't even know when the start dates are for these shows. <laughs> yeah, Winston says George Lazenby was the best one. Snark. What was the other one? Uh, was it Timothy Dalton? I think it was Timothy Dalton was the other one. Uh, Rizzo wants to know what is happening with Naomi. 
I don't know if Naomi knows what's happening with Naomi. She's just sort of stuck in limbo right now. I still think ultimately she ends up back in WWE. Yeah, Liquid, they abandoned the idea of doing the Rick spinoff movie, so now it's going to be a spinoff series instead. God of Seduction with the 420. Are we going to be getting the Undertaker 420 Super Chat popping up here? Favorite wrestling themes and favorite WrestleMania entrances. Hey, Drew, I love you too, brother. Uh, Real American. All-time favorite wrestling theme, Real American. WrestleMania entrances, um, I don't know. I mean, there have been a lot of great ones. I I think uh, Undertaker has had probably more epic entrances than anybody else. Uh, Triple H has obviously had a lot of great ones. I really enjoyed the Shawn Michaels Undertaker entrances from WrestleMania 25. And the whole idea of heaven and hell. You have Shawn Michaels kind of slowly being lowered from the heavens and then Undertaker rises up from the depths of hell. I, I just like that dynamic. Bret Hart walking over the shattered glass at WrestleMania 13. That was pretty epic. That was pretty epic. I, I enjoyed this, the final Steve Austin. Uh, well, I guess it's no longer the final, but the Steve Austin entrance of WrestleMania 19, where they had that one static camera shot that just followed him from behind all the way down that aisle. I guess it went halfway down, but... Um, Followed him down the aisle at Safeco Field. Until they hit the bend in the aisleway and then they switched to the normal camera view. But I, I thought that was pretty pretty impressive. Shawn Michaels, of course, doing the zip line entrance to WrestleMania 12. I missed the little carts. I missed the little WrestleMania carts from the early ones, like 3 and 6. I kind of wish they would bring those back from time to time. Not for everybody, but just, you know, for some people. Rizzo, last one. Sadly, no AJ, RK, Bro, and Rock at WrestleMania this year. Very sad. Uh, I'm more disappointed for AJ. Yeah, I mean, it's got to suck. He really hasn't had very many serious injuries in his time so far in WWE, so for it to happen now, and he'll probably be ready to come back or get cleared right around WrestleMania, so he's... He's just going to barely miss the show. And uh, that's got to suck. And then you get no WrestleMania payday either. So that's got to suck. Boy, you know, uh, Anderson and Gallo sure disappeared, huh? AJ goes away. It's like there's no point in having the Good Brothers on the show. So the Good Brothers and Meechin, I mean, we're the, they're pretty much shit out of luck until AJ's ready to come back. You know, AJ's 45 years old. It's actually pretty impressive that it's kind of like Jericho, where you would think all the the style, no pun intended, the styles uh, that he has wrestled in his career, um, that he would have been hurt with more serious injuries more often, but he really hasn't. You know, he hurt the shoulder in the Royal Rumble when Edge came back a few years ago. This injury... I can't think of another serious injury he's had since coming over to WWE or even when he was in New Japan or TNA. So he he seems to physically have held up better than most, especially for the style that he worked. Jericho is just a freak. I mean, Jericho now is 51, 52. 
I think the only serious injury he's ever had is the uh, broken leg, broken leg or broken arm that he suffered, and that was when he was in Smoky Mountain. So, I mean, think about how long ago that was. Mark with the $5 Super Chat. Ono is a great nickname for Omos. Why I came up with it. However, I think Nomos is more appropriate, as we have seen enough of that man. Nomos is good, too. Nomos. I actually might I might like Nomos better. Brock Lesnar against Nomos at WrestleMania. I like it. It's actually uh, it's a very appropriate name. Rizzo says, I lied. He dropped another super chat. I love how they shoot Bronson Reed during his entrance. Yeah, you know, with Mark Henry, they used to do the, uh, he would walk out when he was doing the Hall of Pain stuff, and they would get that shot of his back, and his entire back would basically take up the entire camera uh, when he walked out. They did that with Andre back in the day. Andre would walk out, they'd shoot him from behind, and it was like he blocked out the sun. GCC says, thanks for the review tonight, Solomonster. Check your Twitter when you get a chance. Help me getting through this work shift tonight. Take care, Solo. You take care as well. Thank you, GCC, for all the love tonight. I appreciate that. I thought if, I thought that said uh, <laughs> getting me through this work shit, uh, but it says work shift. I'm sure he probably thinks work shit as well, but uh, thank you, GCC. God of Seduction, Chavo against Ray. In the I quit always stayed with me. Upset. And EJ Slemp, 499. I've always compared Batman and Bond because both were played by several different actors and the tone of each goes back and forth from silly to serious. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting comparison. It, it kind of depends on the actor, I guess. There have been a lot of Bonds and a lot of Batmans over the years, that's for sure. Casino Royale is my favorite Bond movie, says Nathaniel. That opening uh, chase sequence in Casino Royale, I remember the first time I watched that. That was just incredible. I was like jaw-dropping when I watched that the first time. And that was the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Look at this. No, no decimals here. We're all even. 27% thumbs up, 31% thumbs in the middle, and 42% thumbs down with almost 1,000 votes in. This was the... Worst rated edition so far this year of Monday Night Raw. And in my opinion, one of the worst episodes of Raw of the Triple H era since he took over at the end of July. It's just a boring, dull show that did nothing to get me excited for WrestleMania. And I can only hope they will put more of an effort in next week. Next week's a big show in Boston. John Cena will be there. Logan Paul will be there. And only hope next week will be a much more interesting show than the one that they gave us tonight. They can't all be winners, but this show is definitely not a winner. Uh, I'm going to be back with you live on Wednesday. We have AEW Dynamite to talk about. Final Dynamite before Revolution. And then, of course, Friday night is SmackDown. Next Sunday, episode 798 and Revolution on pay-per-view and the live review. So we got a lot of content coming up over this next week. Again, hit that sub, uh, subscribe button if you are not already subscribed to the channel. Do consider becoming a channel member. And thank you for all of the Super Chat love tonight. Steve Mello says, Rawful. 
I may have to change the title here. I, I've uh, only given the Rawful name to a handful of Raw shows over the years. I don't know. This this may have to be one of them. But uh, we'll hopefully pick things up with Dynamite. Hopefully it will be a better show on Wednesday night. Be well. Stay safe. Have yourselves a, a wonderful Tuesday. And uh, I will see you back here on Wednesday. We'll talk more wrestling. Take care, guys.